Welcome to AFL Rewind, arenafan.com's look at all things arena football. I'm your host, Tim Capper. Uh, John wasn't able to make this interview this time around, but I know he will be back for the next one. Uh, I know we've already uh, made a, a verbal agreement with the commissioner that we're going to have him on again to get a little bit more of an update. Uh, but since our last chat with him, uh, we knew that we wanted to try to get him on as soon as possible to try to get a little bit more information about the upcoming uh, 2024 season, what the league has done since their announcement in February. And um, that's that's what our, our goal is to do for this interview. So don't want to make you guys wait any longer than you need to. So, uh, you know, without further ado, let's talk with uh, AFL Commissioner Lee Hutton. In probably what is one of the most anticipated follow-up interviews here on AFL Rewind... Uh, is just this one that we're going to be doing now. Uh, we've brought back the commissioner of the Arena Football League, Lee Hutton, and uh, we're going to get an update on what's currently happening with the league, how they are in their timeline, maybe give us a little bit of hints or some inside uh, information or maybe exclusives on what the league's looking to do uh, in the very near future. Uh, again, we bring aboard Commissioner Lee Hutton. Hey, Lee, thanks for joining us again. Thank you, Tim. Uh, we're we're becoming good buddies, and I like it. You're, you're a great guy. Really appreciate what you've done for the league. Um, I, I want to just get out one question first, you know, right away out of, out of the gate because I've seen this a little bit on social media. I've seen it on you know the Arena Fan message boards. I've seen it on Facebook. You know, you have fans who I guess whether they were uh, are were fans of you know uh, teams in other markets, t- potentially teams in other leagues. And, and they see that the Arena Football League has not really made any not- any announcements since the original announcement back in February that the league was coming back. What were you, or what are you able to tell them when it comes to basically the, the reasoning why the league has not made any announcements? I mean, for me, as you and I talked pre-show, to me it would be thinking that the league doesn't want to make any announcements if they haven't crossed all their T's and dotted their I's. Is, is that a good analogy? That's a good analogy, but I'll even give an uh, uh, analogy that's probably closer to football. Uh, football is played in four quarters. Uh, and if you look at the announcement that happened in February 1st, the first quarter, we are now going into the second quarter. And I think people are going to be really excited about announcements coming. Uh, uh, what we're going to be announcing uh, uh, coming up uh, within the next 7 to 14 days uh, is a new addition uh, to the uh, C-suite management. Uh, this person uh, that I uh, had some experience with uh, for many, many years uh, in the sports world, uh, bringing her in, Tracy Linen, uh, to the fold as the chief operating officer. Uh, she's kind of the one that is going to keep everything organized, uh, make sure that uh, I'm where uh, I need to be. Uh, the relationships that she's bringing to the table are second to none. I, she is every bit of uh, a perfect fit uh, for the AFL. A little bit of background on her. 
uh, includes a 20 plus uh, year experience with the National Football League. And I'm not just talking about uh, just in the locker room uh, uh, in itself. I'm talking about at the highest level that you can participate in, in the National Football League as she helped organize uh, logistics for the Super Bowl. Uh, she's even worked specifically with certain teams like the Philadelphia Eagles uh, with Andy Reid. Uh, and so that type of pedigree uh, is only going to make us better. So you, she rounds out uh, kind of the uh, uh, the management team and what we wanted to do in the second quarter to announce that. Now, you also hear in the second quarter the locations that we meticulously selected uh, that we believe will be sustainable locations for the AFL. There are some that people will be uh, very familiar with, and, there, and then there's some new ones that we think uh, are going to fit really nicely into the scheme of what we want to do with the AFL. And, and I'm sure, you know, there, there may be fans out there speculating, well, you know, new, you know, current teams, uh, you know, potentially other leagues or, you know, bringing back, you know, the old, old markets of the AFL. How careful do, has the league had to be when it comes to these negotiations with no matter if they were new groups or current groups, uh, when you uh, guys have tried to uh, not necessarily convince them to come to come or come back to the AFL, but how... How has that process gone to uh, to bringing these new ownership groups? That's a great, it's a it's a great question, and uh, what we will do uh, at every uh, part uh, in this administration will always act with integrity. Uh, and so February first, uh, as you can see, it was it was uh, you know right before the Super Bowl. Uh, but not uh, interfered with the NFL was doing. We have great relationship with the NFL. Uh, you'll probably see more and more of that relationship reveal itself on how strong it is. Uh, and then uh, we went back to work, and that work, uh, you know, it's not for uh, public display because we're in the offices really kind of going to markets. Uh, I wanted to set foot in every arena uh, that the fans would set foot in so I can feel for myself the experience of what the AFL needs to be. And then, as you know, Tim, uh, you know, sometimes random fans will make a comment and they'll get a personal message from me. Uh, and so there was a lot of oversight in what the public was talking, mm -hmm. what they wanted, what they uh, were missing. And so we absorbed all that information. I brought it back to the team meetings and uh, we had lengthy discussions. Uh, and so now uh, you have other uh, leagues that are similar to ours that are playing. Uh, we believe that uh, the AFL that became first and kind of planted their seed uh, with regard to the indoor football uh, is kind of that prodigal son coming back home. Uh, we do anticipate there'll be some familiar faces uh, and teams in the AFL, but re uh, regardless of that, uh, we want to respect what other leagues are doing uh, uh, and those negotiations, while uh, are, are hot and heavy, uh, certainly it's not the time to kind of reveal uh, who those are. However, I can give an insight on which markets we're interested in. Sure, by all means. Hey, um, you, got, cause I, you know, fans have been putting out spec their own type of speculations that you know if they could choose the 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 teams that the league, the cities that the league wants to put their teams into, it's all been speculation. Hey, any other information? I mean, you gave us a little nugget that la you know the last uh, interview that we had. Uh, but uh, by all means, Lee, let's uh, let, let's let's get into some of these potential locations and or markets that you're looking into. 
That's right. So let's talk about some uh, markets that uh, may be a little different. So St. Louis is a market that we've seen, and we were the first people to say St. Louis is where we would want a team. Uh, You see recently uh, with uh, the success uh, that the XFL had in their stadium where they had the highest attendance. And we believe that St. Louis is a market where we're going to put a team. We're in negotiations with a group. Uh, those negotiations are, are went really well. Uh, and we're rounding the basis. Uh, and like you said, you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I. Mm-hmm. So St. Louis be uh, a team uh, that people will see. Uh, I love that market. I love what they bring uh, to the table. I love the fact that they love football. I love the central location, so that helps. Uh, Another interesting fact is that Minneapolis. Minneapolis had an AFL team uh, in 1996 that we looked, and they were only around for for a year. But what I dove into the details when they played at the Target Center, uh, they had an average of slightly more than 12,000 fans a game uh, just in their first year. And so uh, that's one of the markets that we uh, are in contact with several owners uh, that I personally want to put a team there. So you'll see a team in Minneapolis. Uh, and so that's going to be a little different, little same, just because they had an arena team at one time. Uh, but that market will be back. Now, uh, <laughs> where are the old faces? I wouldn't be surprised if you uh, get bit by a snake, uh, you know, walking down in the uh, desert somewhere. Uh, I would be surprised uh, if uh, uh, you're going down the slopes uh, uh, where in 2002 the Winter Olympics played uh, when they opened up Park City. Uh, So those are areas that we saw that uh, would uh, be great coming home uh, into our areas. We we talked about New Orleans. Uh, You can't the arena football team without New Orleans. So you definitely will see New Orleans. Uh, Philadelphia Soul, you'll definitely see Philadelphia Soul uh, back in the market. Uh, uh, And so that's kind of a little nuggets. uh, And how, if you can kind of picture how our map looks like. Yes, Uh, so so far I agree, because just looking at Minnesota, by the way, if it is a revival of the Fighting Pike Lee, I'm all for it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, you know, we're, we're debating right now if we're going to call them the pike. Have you ever uh, caught a pike or fished in the 10,000 lakes that they have here in Minnesota? So, <laughs> hey, you know, it, we'll, we'll, it's, it's unique. We'll, we'll, you know how it is when it comes to minor league baseball now. It's all about being able to get not only a catchy name, great colors. And, and, you, know, and you know what's funny? Sometimes there, there's been a slight in uh, gridiron football where they will go, well, you know, that name is so arena football. Well, to me, that's a good thing. Because if you can come up with unique names, even if it's a, if, it, if it's bringing back an old friend, by all means, I'm all for it. That, that's exactly right. You, you know, I am going to deliver that message to Ricky Foggy. <laughs> uh, I, I want Ricky Foggy. He's still here in Minneapolis, and he would be great now. He thinks he's still... Uh, uh, in shape to throw a couple of passes. Time will tell. I don't know. We might have to give him a one-day contract. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you were talking about location and looking at the map itself, and as soon as you mentioned St. Louis and Minnesota, right there, it's very, very regional, and it's an idea that I actually had in my head, and I think you and I have talked about this before in the past, is that if you're able to create regions with these teams, 
that are drivable within a couple of hours, and you have an up to, I guess we'd say, depending on how the divisions are going to look, up to a potentially four teams per division that are all within this regional area, it opens up so many new and old uh, you know, uh, veteran lo- uh, locations that you guys could use to basically you know, already have a fan base built in where they can travel as much as possible. You, you hit it right on the head. So if you think of, uh, you know, two conferences uh, uh, with uh, eight teams and then four divisions, uh, or eight divisions uh, with four teams uh, in a piece, so north, uh, east, uh, south, uh, and west, uh, and then uh, those those divisions make up the conferences, and then obviously that's how they compete uh, going to uh, the Arena Bowl. Uh, so if you look at the West, uh, there's going to be a presence in California. There's going to be a presence in Washington. Uh, there's going to be a presence in, I think I was being cute, but uh, Utah and Phoenix, those are markets that we like. Mm-hmm. I like uh, Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, Minneapolis, uh, we have uh, St. Louis, uh, Illinois, uh, you have uh, Ohio, uh, Philadelphia, actually, uh, that we talked about, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, New Orleans, uh, and then uh, Jacksonville. Now, there's there's some outliers that were, you know, may move to back to some other markets, but that's pretty much the gist. And so you're right, we're kind of spread out through uh, uh, throughout the country uh, in uh, kind of those regional markets. Um, we want to create, uh, you know, sustainable rivalries. Uh, we think that uh, the fans should have uh, uh, their favorite team, but they should also have their favorite rivalries. Uh, and I think that's already started. Uh, and so we're, we're very excited about that. Now, there may be one wrinkle, um, uh, but that uh, is not... Uh, close to being uh, finalized, but there has been some discussion uh, about a team in Mexico City. Uh, And that's kind of uh, uh, something that just came out of left field. But, you know, there's been some discussions. We haven't really committed to that yet uh, uh, because we have uh, a couple of teams in Texas uh, that uh, will will be part of the 16 teams. Uh, Mexico City is just kind of an outlier for now. Uh, But that just goes goes to show how much our international reach has grown. uh, there's also a, a great play that you would hear uh, with uh, a potential deal uh, with uh, USA Football uh, that will be uh, uh, coming up in announcement uh, with the AFL as well. Oh, that's 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 actually great. I mean, you know, if, if for those who who don't know the A the AFL as well, uh, way back when uh, the uh, there was a team announced that was going to be in Mexico City. So and the team never came to fruition because I think they ended up moving to uh, to uh, Fort Worth. It became the Calvary, if I remember correctly. And that's right. Yeah, and so you know it, to potentially have a team in Mexico City for the very or Mexico for the very first time uh, would be obviously a great. You know, a, a brand new huge market country, etc. Now, uh, let me ask you this question, Lee. When it comes to announcing the cities, obviously we it goes to what I was just mentioning. You know, in in the past, the league has hinted at certain locations. You know, we've had the cases too, like the Mexico City as an example. Um, you know, there was the, the the whole LA Wings debacle before they ended up moving to Sacramento. Um, 
how are you guys making sure that you announce your X amount of teams in these particular cities and you make sure that those teams stay in the lineup for 2024? Yeah, that's a good question, and that's uh, uh, and that always is one of the reasons for uh, making sure that you don't put the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we also did uh, in our analysis of certain regions, uh, number one, uh, we needed uh, areas where they had an arena. Uh, you know, some people say, "Hey, I think this will be a great space and a uh, place to play." Yep, I agree. The problem is there's no arena, <laughs> you know. So you 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 needed you needed something for them to play in. So that was the first thing we did. Mm-hmm. We started capturing uh, uh, relationships and partners with arenas. I uh, found out where they were located. I found out uh, you know what type of partnership that can be uh, discussed with one another, uh, and uh, that was the, uh, off to the races. And then after we got an understanding of where all these arenas were uh, in the map, I myself and a, and a couple of colleagues uh, sat down. Uh, and we started looking at the stats, the statistics of success uh, of sports in general. It may not have just been football. It could have been indoor soccer. It could have been uh, volleyball. It could have been that. Where are the sports enthusiasts? Uh, then we looked at, was there something else that would cannibalize uh, or assist uh, that uh, this AFL team in a particular market? Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, uh, you know, we'll just kind of pick on uh, Los Angeles. Great city. Uh, had a lot of deals and clients in that city. But there's so much to do uh, in that city. Uh, and and because there's so much to do, a lot of traffic, sometimes it takes away uh, from the ability to, to really engage fans into uh, an L.A. market. And so we, we decided not to put a team uh, in that particular area. Uh, you look at New Orleans. Golly, what a great city. Everybody wants to go. Uh, there's a lot to do, uh, but there's such football enthusiasts, and they get supported by the colleges. They get supported by the football enthusiasts. Uh, their brand recognition uh, is, is really second to none. Same thing with uh, Philadelphia. Uh, so those were no-brainers uh, where we were able to kind of see what's past stats. Of, of, of how the attendance was uh, and then where the fan engagements uh, were. Now you look at a Minneapolis, you know, of course, one of the Minneapolis uh, luxuries is that we kind of were able to get uh, in the north uh, a little bit uh, and kind of test the water. So I personally went back uh, and looked at the attendance rates uh, of, a, of a team uh, first year. Like I said, they averaged 12,000 fans. Uh, we went to the target centers. There's uh, there's really nothing that will disrupt uh, an AFL uh, uh, game during the seasons that we're playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you have the uh, college University of Minnesota, where I attended, uh, you know, other Big Ten schools where this particular team will certainly uh, hopefully or have the ability uh, to draw uh, uh, specific talent uh, to come play at that uh, that level. Uh, because we're, we're going to be a league uh, that are not going to put players on the field uh, for $100 a game. Right. That's not going to happen. 
The players are going to get paid more under our league. Uh, we're going to get talented players, and we're going to get talented coaches uh, because I think the fans deserve that, and I think that's only uh, the only way that you can establish uh, an actual quality uh, uh, of the game. Uh, as a matter of fact, with uh, with what we're doing and our vision, uh, you know, our connection with uh, USA Football uh, and some other people, uh, some of the discussion is to uh, you know make sure that our players uh, may be seen uh, at the Olympic Games. Mm. Oh, that's you know, yeah, that, that that's there. cool. <laughs> yeah, very very cool. So you know, when when people look up and they think of indoor football, uh, we want uh, the vision. If you close your eyes, to be uh, that that red, white, and blue symbol. Uh, that we all come to know that uh, is connected to Arena Football League. And as you and I know, there's so many other leagues that are duplicating or trying to emulate uh, what we're doing. Uh, and, uh, you know, our position is, uh, you know, uh, play the sport, <laughs> have fun doing it, uh, but there will be nothing like this new Arena Football League. Yeah. Now, um, I got a, a, a curiosity, you know, in the past that when it came to owners, um, obviously with you guys doing your vetting, um, are you able to first mention, are they being, are these new ownerships being tied to a specific amount of years? Because I remember correctly in years, in years past with the AFL, I think it was at, at least a minimum of three years that they wanted a, a an ownership group to keep a team in a specific city. Are you guys tying them to, to a, any specific number of years within within a city itself? Yeah, this uh, what what we plan on doing is um, you know if you look at it kind of like a franchise model for mm-hmm. for lack of a better words, uh, you know if you want to move to another city, I unfortunately or fortunately you're going to have to get my permission to do it. I. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you you may not uh, you may not receive the yes, uh, and that's for that's for reasons that uh, we need to make sure that it's right for the league, it's right for the other owners. Uh, you know, traveling in certain locations are very difficult. Uh, fans getting into certain locations are very very difficult, and so we need to make sure that that's always balanced from an egress and a in a, 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 a standpoint where uh, people. Um, are able to receive the product in the way that we want them to do. So to answer your question, uh, it's not going to be uh, the liberty where an owner, owner could just pack up his bags and say, hey, I'm just going here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of uh, reasons for that. And I think some other partnerships and contracts that we have uh, in place would, would you know, uh, I encourage the owners to stay where they are. Yeah. Now, obviously not, you may not be able to get to actual specifics with this, with my next question, but when it comes to the ownership group, does the ownership group have to have an X amount of money available to them? Or is there, what, what can you, what can you mention, if anything, when it comes to what you guys are, or what type of, of um you know what type of money what what type of money are you looking at when it comes to these particular owners that you're wanting to run these franchises no you're absolutely right when we uh look at obviously we want owners that are uh able to um uh, sustain and pay for the team so we we are asking for ownership group uh to show that they have some liquidity uh, uh, whether it be credit or any other uh, assets, uh, that uh, they can at least run the team and operate it uh, flawlessly uh, for at least three years. Okay. Uh, you know, 
reason why we pick three years is because during that uh, time period, because of our revenue share with a broadcast, our ability to uh, help with sponsors, both local and international, uh, we think that three years is, is a great running path that I think a lot of teams and owners would be very, very happy. Okay. Okay. Now, are, is it any? Is are we talking six figures? Are we talking seven figures? Can you at least give that what you're what you're looking for, or is that something you'd rather not comment at the moment? <laughs> well, I, I I can tell you, you, you know, I it I I, I want to be careful just because sure. when when you have the nurse sign there, I don't want. Uh, 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 people to, to automatically think that they heard from me. Hey, that's the guy to, to right, right, right. Uh, to pocket. But I can tell you this: uh, it uh, it will be uh, uh, you know established uh, based on what we foresee uh, that a team could uh, operate and sustain it for three years. Uh, without, uh, if there's uh, under the impression that no fans are in the stadium. Okay. Uh, it's 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 kind of what we call kind of the uh, pandemic protection, <laughs> you know. So if, if anybody who nobody was prepared for that ever happened again, where no fan is able to be in the uh, the arena, could we still operate? Uh, and we're we're kind of under that philosophy. Okay. Uh, so pandemic profession, uh, if we can uh, uh, operate uh, a, t- a team for three years without really having uh, to go within the savings, that's the type of owners we're looking for. Okay. And before we move on to the other questions, because you've been very open and transparent about the, the locations, and I hope I hope fans hearing these names of these cities are just, their, their minds are, that they're really more hyped than they actually were when they first started listening or seeing the, the initial uh, announcement. What is the league's timetable for announcing these teams officially? Yeah, officially, uh, we're waiting for um, uh, all the contracts, uh, but I think uh, there's going to be a rollout, um, uh, you know, four, 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 as we get to announce it. Now, some of the other leagues uh, are still playing. We don't want to disrupt their um, uh presence and publicity. Uh, I know some leagues finish in August. Uh, We certainly are not going to wait until August to announce those Mm -hmm. teams, but there are reasons, uh, you know, for doing that. But uh, I think the fans are going to hear um, uh, more than 50% of the teams announced uh, probably within the next 60 days. Wow. That's, that's okay. Get hyped everybody. That's even better. Okay. (laughs) Um, I had a, I had actually two former players reach out to me um, and they were wondering specifically about the arena football hall of fame. Um, obviously, you know, as some people may, may have remembered there was an actual uh, list, a uh, final list of, uh, well, finalists that were going to be potentially named to the last class, which was way back when, uh, what do you, what do the league plan to do when it comes to the Hall of Fame? Is it something you guys are going to looking to start up right away? Are you going to thinking of? I know obviously it, you got to get the teams and the cities and the owners first and the players. But uh, what are the what are the when it comes to the Hall of Fame? How are you guys? What type of approach are you guys taking? Well, the Hall of Fame is something we definitely want to do. Not only that, I've already given marching orders uh, for people on our team to reach out to the NFL in Canton, Ohio see if we can reactivate their their Hall of Fame uh, section with the Arena Football League. Mm-hmm. I 
also want to make a bigger presence. I want that to be a sustainable. I want to be able to curate uh, the information that's there. I don't want any of this to be lost, not to mention uh, we're already looking for people uh, who can give jackets. So if you made it to the Hall of Fame in the Arena Football League in the past, what I want to do is give you a jacket. I think you deserved it. Uh, I think it's something we want to do to show our appreciation. Uh, so I, and plus, it's another way to have an excuse to, to come to the game and wave at people at halftime so we can honor you for your great work. Uh, so what we're going to do, you can't move forward unless you give uh, homage to the past. So uh, the, the Hall of Fame uh, is, is a way to do that. Uh, we're going to incorporate uh, that in our uh, kind of arena bowl festivities. Uh, the arena bowl uh, is not going to be uh, a situation where you just go to a game, uh, the game's over. Uh, great, great uh, uh, experience. My team won. It's going to be a Thursday through Sunday type of event. Uh, like I said, I envision the arena football having all the traditional bells and whistles of the NFL uh, with a lot of college game day. <laughs> so it's going to be a party. It's going to be fun. It's going to be family friend, friendly. Uh, and I think that way we can make this uh, yeah, something that uh, people want to continue uh, coming to. Obviously. And, and obviously, if if you guys are able to recreate what uh, what the NFL does for the Super Bowl, what the CFL does for Grey Cup, having those week-long parties and, and just you know, celebrations I, I can only imagine, you know, if ever, anybody remembers what the uh, other arena bowls used to be like, especially when it came to the neutral sites, there was something there. But it sounds like you guys are trying to to up at one where it's it will be more than, as you said, more than just a game. It'll be an experience that people will be able to take away memories that they'll remember forever. That That's exactly right. And I can update you uh, after. Uh, and this is. Uh, just an indication, if anything, of, of how closely we are looking uh, at um, uh, fan uh, comments. So we want the fans to be engaged as well. I, on one of the interview, I made a comment that uh, we were thinking about uh, having the arena uh, game in one central location every year. Uh, and that could be Vegas, could be other place, but we emphasize Vegas. Um, we looked at many, many comments, uh, went back to the drawing board and said, what makes sense? And so now we have, uh, uh, we're kind of comparing two plans. So what would it look like if we had a central location uh, and what would it look like uh, if we um, uh, traveled around on a yearly basis uh, and, and, and would we travel to areas with arenas that don't have an AFL team uh, to kind of see if we can kind of open up the market. So, for example, uh, you know, you definitely um, would, would not, uh, uh, we would be encouraged to have an arena uh, bowl game in New Orleans, uh, Philadelphia. Some of those uh, teams uh, uh, that have stadiums, but is it also beneficial to have an arena bowl uh, in an area uh, that uh, we may not have a league? 
uh, or or somewhere else, uh, just so we can go around and and that's where you know partner partner uh, partnering with sta- uh, uh, management companies for arenas and stadiums come in because we'll have an access uh, uh, all over the country, even in areas that we don't have a league. So we're kind of playing with that uh, particular option too. So I think we'll we'll definitely have to have that decided before we start in April 2024 because we want to announce where it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> start to uh, play. Um, but we are listening to the fans and, and we, we took some of the um, uh, comments uh, about having the ability to travel uh, to many different arenas uh, every bowl game uh, to heart. And I thought there were some compelling arguments. Um, does that potentially mean uh, it'll be announced obviously prior to, you know, during the season or prior to the beginning of the season that where the location will be, does that potentially mean that the league may actually go with a week in between or do you think that announcing it at the beginning, making the decision at the beginning of the season will allow the league to get all, you know, whether it be hotels ready, uh, halftime, uh, you know, uh, performances or whatever the league's planning to do for Arena Bowl. It, it, do you see any changes to what the league wants to do initially when it comes to the schedule? You know, I think I think uh, it was originally going to be a, a 10 week regular season, two weeks for playoffs and then one for Arena Bowl. Is the league going to be sticking to that, or do you think the league's going to add an extra week in between the uh, the semi, the finals, and the arena bowl? Yeah, so far we're sticking to the schedule that you just uh, stated. One of the reasons uh, is is that we anticipate that we're going to have players that um, are going to be NFL um, uh, capable, mm-hmm. uh, and so make sure our season ends with enough time for them to get into training camp. Uh, uh, So I I don't see the schedule uh, changing, but uh, we are going to uh, announce, you know, where the arena bowl is going to be played uh, in enough time for people to make arrangements, but also it gives us time to start going to cities and making a bids. Uh, You know, like I said, we come from a traditional NFL uh, type experience and uh, being able to go to the city, bid things out, you know, have them uh, roll out the red carpet for the fans and the players and, and, and the bells and whistles so it can be an experience uh, uh, for, for everybody to forget. Uh, you know, my kind of marching orders with every game is that I want us to put a performance, whether you're a player, whether you're a coach, whether you're an owner, uh, whether you're the person passing out programs, we need to have the attitude that we are providing a service uh, to individuals that as if it's their last time ever going. And I want that type of of, of delicate touch uh, uh, to service uh, our fans because I think they deserve it. I've been overwhelmed uh, of of how um, engaged the fans are, and I think without them, I you know there would be no discussion coming back in uh, 2024. While we were dormant, uh, the fans were the heartbeat of the AFL. Um, you talk about, you know, you want to bring uh, the arena bowl to other locations where the league does not have a footprint at all. Um, what, what about when it comes to, uh, preseason exhibition games, you know, because the league has, you know, the, the, the AFL in the past would to test out a market. And I understand that, you know, as we mentioned in the last conversation that the league is really trying to have one set amount of teams coming in 2024 and an expansion may not necessarily be on the table at that time because you want to see how all these markets go. But 
to expand the footprint of the league, are is the league going to look at potentially doing? And I'll use I'll use an example. Let's say this. Let's say if the the um, Let's say the Minnesota franchise does come to fruition and they do play in 2024. Uh, obviously, have an exhibit, have a, a preseason game or whatever, a scrimmage at uh, the Target uh, Center. But what about maybe going to to Winnipeg as an example to show what the AFL is about and to potentially expand their market? Because Minnesota and uh, the province of Manitoba are literally, you know, they're their neighbors. So has the league look at that type of thing? We, we are. We're going to engage in uh, a lot of those opportunities, uh, and, and that's why, uh, to a certain extent, I was really interested in, in Mexico City. Phil uh-huh. uh, has made a, um, a decision not to uh, uh, do any uh, football in Mexico in 2023. Uh, that doesn't mean that we can't start uh, planting our seeds and be ready for 2024 uh, and kind of do some kind of cross um, uh, relationship, you know, uh, we're, we're kind of spread out throughout the country. Uh, San Diego, uh, is a market that, that we want to be in. And so that's so close to, uh, the border. Uh, I love Mexico city. I, you know, actually I'm looking to, to buy a house there. I love, uh, the people it's, uh, uh, it's a great environment and football is just growing. It's just so popular now. And so we would be remiss not to kind of grow internationally. And that includes Canada. Okay. Um, uh, something that we really didn't touch on the last, because I know there really there were no specifics that that, I, that were given, and I can understand the reason why. Let, let's touch a little bit more on the these broadcast partners, which the league and I know you've mentioned before. Um, how how is the negotiations going with these other partners? And I'm wondering this time around, with us talking, are you able to give us a little bit more information on what the league is is really centering on besides traditional? Uh, you know, broadcast TV and, and, and other options that the league will have uh, available? Well, I can give you some exciting news uh, uh, without uh, fully disclosing because we're, we're at the uh, pass the LOI stage moving forward into the long uh, form contract, but we have our media partners, uh, which are the traditional, um, uh, you know, watch it on TV, uh, both national and local, uh, and then we have uh, several streaming partners. And part of the streaming partners that you'll see, you'll see the AFL kind of venture out into its own kind of broadcasting. Like, for example, uh, there's going to uh, anticipate a show called Live with the Commissioner, uh, where we would talk all details AFL. Uh, I, I, we would love for you <laughs> to uh, embrace Arena Fan. Uh, we, we think this type of content constantly keeps the message uh, because what I I don't want to have happen. I don't want to have the season uh, be the only time uh, that we train ourselves to talk about the Arena Football League. I want this to be 365-day discussion. And so even though that we're not playing, we'll still have content with our uh, broadcast and media partners uh, talking about the AFL. Uh, it may be training. It may be documentaries. It may be you know contract negotiations and how we do it. But there's always going to be something uh, that's going to be discussed uh, constantly with the AFL. So I don't want the discussion to, to stop. Where uh, When you asked me this question, I got excited. Uh, we met with an interesting uh, uh, group uh, with the metaverse. This is something that's brand new uh, to this old dog, but I'm trying to learn these new tricks. <laughs> uh, 
where there's going to be opportunities to uh, go into Web3, visit stadiums, maybe visit uh, a curated Hall of Fame, uh, engage with your Oculus, with uh, AFL fans all over the world, uh, play video games uh, with one another uh, that uh, is purely designed from an AFL standpoint. Uh, You may have an avatar uh, that you use across uh, some of your electronic platforms, and your avatar, guess what, can buy a Philadelphia Soul shirt. <laughs> so uh, it, gets, it gets really, really cool when you you start talking about how uh, expansive uh, we can uh, bring the message to the AFL. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so it's it, it, the, what you talk about streaming, is it the your own streaming platform? I mean, are we talking about the return of Nifty TV? Um, <laughs> is, it that, is it that type of thing, or is it where you're going to partner with other uh, with with a streaming partner itself, and and they're going to be your quote unquote your your home for other games that may not be uh, that may not be broadcast on on traditional TV. There, that, that's uh, that's what we're going to do. They're going to be our home. However, uh, it's it's going to be uh, a very close partnership where we will have a lot of decision uh, power on what that looks like because. Uh, as I said, nobody can discuss our brand the way that we can discuss our brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to make sure that we always have our fingerprints on anything that is said about the AFL. When you're going towards your your broadcast partners, how are you able to, to uh, well, basically, how are you able to pitch the league itself? I mean, obviously, it's, there, there is a lot to broadcast TV. You know, people do remember one of these contracts that were the old contracts with the AFL. You know, they, the league really wasn't making any money. They were, you know, they were maybe part of it was being paid. They would have something with the, with the broadcast partner, um, but no money was coming towards them. How are you able to, to convince them to be, to come in, join your new group? Uh, and same thing with advertisers. Is it been an easy thing to do or has there been some challenges? You know, uh, my my grandmother used to always say that I can sell water to a drowning man. Uh, so, <laughs> so we use the power of persuasion. But no, I, I honestly, it has been the fans. Uh, you know, when you look at the boards and and see the engagement and the impressions, I uh, you know it it. it it shows other people that, wow, something's there. We also, um, I always get the question uh, that's asked, it's kind of similar to um, uh, what you're asking, and it's a valid question, is how can we have full confidence in, in you, Lee, and AFL team, uh, that this is really going to go off? You know, you, you can't forget about the past two times uh, where uh, uh, the league had to close shop. Uh, and, you know, my first question is, is that, well, you know, I wasn't around back then, so I, I can tell you that whatever mistakes were made uh, uh, back then, I don't know what they were. So, you know, there's new mistakes that I'm going to be making. Who cares about the ones in the past? Mm-hmm. Uh the the second uh, thing that uh, I tell people uh, is that we're living in a, such a new world. And so if you remember, and I, and I use this as an example, when I was growing up as a kid at 12 o'clock, 
uh, would come on midnight, and then you'll get the ra- the rainbow sound where it'll give you kind of the screeching noise uh, that lets you know that hey, we we have nothing else to show you. We you really you reached the end of the internet, uh, and we live in a market now um, in 2023 where there is a desire, a need, an itch. Uh, um, uh, if you if you will a dependency on getting more content now 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 you can't get it fast enough and so when you uh, pair that with the football enthusiast when football um, and the NFL is over I uh, you know that desire to get that type of action just doesn't doesn't go away or stay dormant I uh-huh. uh, just Literally, it didn't go away when the AFL closed their doors this last time. I mean, people were still, you know, saying, I wish AFL was here. And so, you know, now we live in this market where, you know, we just can't put a product on the field um, uh, because the demand uh, is greater. We just can't put it on TV because the demand is greater. We have to put it uh, on streaming devices. You know, we have to we have to make it accessible on your phone if you're traveling in the airport. Uh, we have to do uh, uh, broadcast delays and all this kind of stuff. And then not only that, uh, we have to be mindful for the new set of consumers. I, I um, you know, traditionally we never thought that women. Uh, we're big fans of the sport. We never thought uh, that uh, uh, teenage girls would be big fans of the sports. And so now you see groups of, of young ladies coming to the games themselves before they go out to, to dinner and have a good time uh, with each other. So, you know, this is just a new market where, you know, there's more consumers, uh, uh, more reasons and ways that they digest this content. And so I think because of that, we're really an exciting time because, uh, you know, no matter where you are or what you're doing, uh, we can put AFL uh, content uh, uh, in front of you uh, at 24 hours a day mm-hmm. for the rest of your life want it. And that's what's exciting. So uh, it's uh, it, it's not as tough as a job as, as we would think uh, uh, of it. Uh, I think we've kind of uh, passed the tough part. The tough part was just having the courage to announce it. Yeah. Uh, and like my Southern grandmother says, I'm, I, I got I'm well balanced because I got a chip on both shoulders. Uh, we will be playing in April 2024. That's, that's, uh, see, and that, that's what I like. It, there's so much confidence. I, and I understand that you know that that fans in the past they may have been burned. They were in a market that that something went wrong. The ownership, et cetera, et cetera. It's it from what I've seen from the executive that you guys have. It just you're so dedicated to make sure that this thing is done properly. Not do so, not fix something in the middle of the season. Not saying that something won't have to be fixed, but trying to get all the everything done properly before kickoff in 2024 and that's 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 very refreshing yeah it's been it you know i i really have to give a lot of credit to uh everybody uh and they know who they are that work uh uh every morning um uh my team wakes up uh and this is since we announced february 1st we've had hour-long meetings uh that start 
Uh, we have some individuals on the on the West Coast, so they're waking up at six o'clock in the morning. I, I have our uh, long meetings uh, just to kind of uh, to debrief on what happened yesterday, and then we talk about what we're doing for the day. Uh, and then we have another. Uh, everybody does their jobs, and we come back at the end of the day uh, and and have more meetings. In between that, uh, it's myself uh, and uh, Travell Gaines uh, either talking to uh, broadcast partners, media partners, uh, you know, um, I mean, uh, shoe deals, uh, we got the apparel deal, you know, all those things uh, we're, we're doing from sunup to sundown. Uh, you know, I have to take a quote from Travell because uh, uh, he's he's kind of taught me this. Uh, Travell wakes up at three or four o'clock in the morning. And so he has me waking up three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. Uh, so when the world wakes up, other leagues uh, that are trying to play indoor football, uh, when they wake up in the morning, that becomes our afternoon. Uh, and then uh, their afternoon is our evenings, and our evenings just get extended. And so we love this opportunity uh, so much that we're dedicating um, uh, a lot of time, both personal and family time, uh, to make sure that the fans are satisfied with the product that they see in 2024. Yeah. And by the way, so for those who don't recognize the name, because obviously there are a lot of new names within the executive, uh, Travell Gaines, he is currently the, the deputy commissioner and president of player development so it's it, the all the bios are listed over at the league website that's over at the the afl.com and then uh, it's one of the links that are there you can read up read upon everybody and see everybody's bios something i mentioned last time too lee everybody's emails are there they're not hidden you can email anybody within the within the, the league itself and i think as you said uh you guys do try to to answer them back if if, if you guys can yeah, we want to be we want to be accessible. You know, I've uh, when we start playing games, uh, and I've even told uh, the potential owners, I I'm going to have a presence at least once in every game. Uh, we will collectively have a presence at many games mm -hmm. uh, all the time. Um, I, I want uh, you know people to be able to get a decision from me. I want to be able to uh, assist with fans. I mean, we're going to be uh, accessible. Where hopefully and this is impossible because I'm terrible with names. So I apologize to everybody in advance, but I never forget a face. But I want to be um, uh, so ingrained with each of these locations uh, that um, uh, that fans. Uh, almost get sick of seeing me. Oh, that's just the commitment. <laughs> you, know, you know, what is he doing here? We don't care about that. We care about the players on the field because really it's about the fans and the players. Yeah. Uh, and that's the experience that I, I, I want to uh, provide. Um, let's, let's look and see if we can talk about uh, the, a little bit of the game day experience. Have, have you guys started to reach out to the, I guess would be the main company that, that would be producing uh, the rebound nets for the team, these new teams that may not have them if you guys can't find one, even though I know they're scattered across the United States and Canada uh, from, from the other teams that have them. Are you looking at a, 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 a partnership with a, a field provider? Uh, I know we talked about footballs before. Where are you guys on that? And lastly, because I know you've seen you teased it. What about merchandise? Yep, all 
all the above. The merchandise you'll probably see coming out um, uh, pretty soon. We don't have uh, an actual timeline, but we want to get the merchandise, and the merchandise will coincide with, you know, uh, some of the announcement of the locations, uh, which will be a kind of cool uh, opportunity to start getting the fans engaged. Uh, the uh, uh, the cool thing is. I, uh, the football. So I'm in the process of personally designing the football. So if you don't like it, you you, you know where to email me. <laughs> uh, but the design's not going to be, uh, you know, far off than the traditional, you know, the name, uh, the logo, uh, and uh, uh, all those marks. But I, I asked, somebody asked me, are we going to lose the stripe? And I started looking into uh, the history of that stripe and the history that I I uh, discovered is that a wide receiver um, in the AFL uh, specifically wanted the stripe this way because he um, uh, convinced everybody that he was able to see the ball better uh, than the traditional stripes. And so this is why it's it's only an AFL uh, type thing. Now, of course, other leagues have uh, you know, kind of use that design. Uh, but we're going to ke- kind of keep the stripe. Uh, and so now we're dealing with, are we going to do the traditional brown color of the ball? Or are we going to do um, uh, different variations of colors uh, of the balls as we go through? Um, however, you may see some more certain activations, uh, you know, for uh, Cancer Awareness Month. You may see some other back to, uh, activations for military uh, that would be uh, good mementos for the game. So I uh, look forward uh, to the new design of the ball coming up soon. Nice. Now, are, are you guys thinking of going, giving a little nod to the history of the league by going with the, with the two? two-tone uh, leather, or are you just going to go with a, a, say like as an example, it would be all one one color of brown? <laughs> so here's what's interesting. Because I'm a former wide receiver, I had the ball manufacturer <laughs> send me three or four types of different leathers of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also... I, I wanted to yeah, see different uh, uh, sizes. So if you look at uh, the high school ball, it's a little slender. Uh, college ball is a little fatter, but still slender. Uh, and the and the NFL ball is is much bigger, round in the uh, kind of belly area. Uh, right now, I'm leaning toward kind of the NFL type style ball because it's it's uh, conducive to very quick short passes. Uh, the long slender balls, you know, of course, that's why you see college uh, football players uh, throw at 70 yards, and when they get to the NFL, they can't throw at 30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the ball shape is different. So uh, I'm actually testing the letter, the leather of the football, uh, personally uh, testing the size of the ball, personally uh, uh, making sure that uh, it, it fits within the type of quick style uh, Ironman football that we want. Okay. And so that's that's the devil in, in the details. Oh, yeah, for, for sure, for sure. Um, how close are you guys to nailing down what the final rule book will be? Because I know, as you mentioned before in our last convo, you mentioned that you're, you're reading it very, you know, taking a very good look yep. at, at, the, at, the, at the rule book itself. Uh, when, how close are you guys to finalizing the, the, uh, the rule book for 2024? So as far as I, I have it, I think the rule book, at least uh, these with, with my uh, revisions, uh, is finalized. What I do want to do, uh, owners will be a part of committees. 
uh, uh, with the new league. Uh, and so we're going to have a rules committee. We're going to have uh, an all-star selection committee, those type of things uh, uh, with this. And so I, to answer your question, when the rule be, be finalized, I think it, uh, it will be appropriate to ensure that the um, uh, the owners have a chance to look it over and have uh, some input. Okay, because yeah, I've heard I've heard some interesting things when it came to the uh, you know in the past with the competition committees and the rule committees because you know those are the type of things that um, you know fans would just love to be a fly on the wall you know whether they can't give any input or not but it's just that's it, I'm sure everybody's looking you know once the new rule book comes out. I'm sure you guys, again, will you'll make it available uh, electronically like it was done in the years past. And uh, I'm sure, just like me, there are certain rules I'm waiting to see uh, if they've made a return and how they've been modified. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Really, so. I, may you, I may give you, what do they call it, uh, um, before the Harry Potter book comes out? Uh, they uh, before they uh, uh, put it publicly, they let uh, certain people kind of take a read through. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, I guess like a pre- like a pronoun. What is what is the term? You're right, Lee. What is the term for that? I can't remember the term. As soon as we hang up, I'm going to remember it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I can't remember what it is either. But it's it's it's. But and and obviously, fans will be looking forward to that because I know. Uh, Fans who were able to recite the, the the rule book, you know, like the back of their hand, will will love this type of stuff. And hey, you you know what, Lee? Once they see the rule book and once the critiquing starts, you know, you know, kickoff is just around the corner. So <laughs> that's right. That's um, right. <laughs> last thing, and and I know we weren't able to get much in this last time, um, but I, at least I have to ask, uh, how how's the league looking at when it comes to salaries is and i'm, I'm not going to ask for a specific number obviously if you because i'm sure that's something you don't want to to announce or potentially give that information out now but obviously so give me a 10 game season with uh, I, i'm sure extra money by making the playoffs and getting paid for those games and going to arena bowl but um has the league set a, a specific number that they want to set when it comes to i don't want to call it a salary cap but an X amount that players will be able to be paid from the low end to the high end. Have, have you guys finalized that yet? Yep. We, we, uh, we, uh, have, um, have a number. Uh, and then of course, once we get, uh, the orders in play, you know, they can try to convince me if, uh, that number goes up and down, but right now we have a $700,000 salary cap. Uh, and we're debating that, you know, some owners, you know, say, Hey, I can put a team on the field and I can stay under that. Uh, maybe they can't, you know, who knows? Uh, there will be penalties for going over the salary cap. Um, uh, there's going to be some opportunities to maybe prorate it, uh, which you see uh, that the NFL does. But for the most part, what we're trying to do uh, is eliminate um, uh, players getting paid $100 a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, players would get much more. Uh, you're also going to be able to um, uh, establish a franchise player. Uh, and that's somebody that you can pay uh, a lot of money to. Uh, right now, we're debating whether or not um, uh, players, and I'm leaning toward this, uh, will get multi-year contracts. So uh, that prevents, you know, um, somebody coming to the game and say, "I this is the best player I've ever seen." Really love that player, uh, and then find out that player went to another team the next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. You know, teams are going to be able to actually uh, provide multi-year contracts for their players. 
Well, that's good because you're able to, you know, that was one of the comments that were made in years past and, and even current leagues that are that are still playing now and for regular gridiron football, whether it be the 100 version or the 110 version, yard version, is that, you know, you only have a one-year contract. How are you able to get them into the community? How are you able to, to, to uh, you know, to advertise your team, to promote your team when you have guys just going from team to team to team every year. So it's, it's, it's a great idea for having multiple year contracts. Exactly. And, and that's one of the reasons. And, you know, I can just imagine when I grew up, uh, I grew up watching the Houston Oilers. So my NFL team doesn't exist anymore. And there was a, a five foot eight. Uh, I was a, a, a tiny wide receiver named Ernest Gibbons. Mm-hmm. And I went to the game, not just uh, for the Astrodome and the Houston Oilers. I went uh, because Ernest Gibbons was my favorite player. Uh, Because of that, uh, we want uh, to have that kind of identity if the teams uh, have a player that's so exciting and they want to keep him on the field for whatever reasons. And that may be the reasons he may not be the best player on the field, but so engaging with the fans. Uh, And so, you know, we leave that up to the team. Uh, to make that decision, but uh, I, I do anticipate uh, there's going to be uh, a better relationship between the community and certain players. That, that'd be great. That's again, that's to me, that's what football is all about. And I'm not saying the NFL doesn't do it because I know there there's a strong ties within the community itself. Same thing with the CFL, and I'm sure with the same thing with the USFL and the others. But yeah, you need to make sure that the players are. And it's more than just being able to go on the field after a game and get and get uh, autographs. It's about players within the community and being able to. And, and you know what? Maybe they will make their home in that city, even if they only play in that city for you know, say, two or three years. They'll want to stay and stay in the community and just to promote the league and the city as best as possible. That's exactly right. Well, I'm looking forward to April 2024. I, you know, it can't uh, uh, come soon enough. You know, it seems like every day goes by. But one thing I do know, we're less than 365 days uh, to kick, to kickoff. It's we're waiting for it. We really are, Kamish. We're just waiting for the kickoff. We're, I'm sure fans, after hearing the interview this time around, there's a lot more information that you were able to share. And I, I'm hoping everybody is a, is a lot more hyped, especially now that more again, that more information is going to be uh, readily available to the fans. Um, before I let you go, is there anything that you can tease other than what you have already? Uh, a su- uh, potential surprise that may be coming, um, uh, you know, uh, to the fans, whether it be now or whether it be a couple of months down the line? Well, I, I, uh, I think the fans were going back to the merchandise, uh, in our apparel, uh, we have reached terms with our uh, new apparel, uh, uh, a person, uh, and, uh, that's going to be announced, uh, pretty soon. We just, I have to take a trip up to New York, uh, get some mocks made and the, the, the fans will be the first to see it. Uh, we also are working with an individual named Law, uh, who has uh, a lot of experience with a company called Paper Planes, which is uh, very uh, successful and popular. Uh, and he is going to go through some of our trademarks. Now, of course, some trademarks are uh, so identifiable that you don't want to touch, but mm-hmm. there's some you know, there's some marks that may need a little. Uh, uh, modern touch. Uh, and so he's going to go through that. And so uh, we'll see uh, how that design goes. For example, 
uh, like you said, you know, if we keep the name Minnesota Pike, uh, you may you may see a new type of logo other than a fish jumping out the water. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I always think mascots uh, need to look a little tough. So, oh hey, you know what? Supposedly, from what I hear, you don't want to you don't want to mess with it when it comes to a, a pike, especially a fighting pike. I mean, it's that, that is true. That is so. True. <laughs> Um, Lee, uh, greatly appreciated. I'm, I'm hoping fans, uh, their curiosity has been satisfied for the moment. Uh, we look forward again, obviously, to, to speaking with you again and getting more of an update and, and potentially talking with you about all those uh, announcements that, that you may have made up to that point. So, again, greatly appreciate your time, and uh, we, uh, we look forward to speaking with you very, very shortly. Thank you. Well, I can't wait to do it again. Uh, we'll have to put something on a schedule, and maybe I'll bring a, a, someone else in our executive team to join me. I want to thank Commissioner Hutton for coming on. I am hoping that you guys got as much information out of this interview as I did. Just the transparency alone uh, from the commissioner and being able to get as much information as we did when it came to uh, to the cities, to the uh, wow! I didn't expect to get the, the the salary cap information. I will admit, you know, it's they are far enough along in the process where even though there were some some you know chatter back and forth with the fans that you know the league hadn't announced anything or they hadn't revealed anything, it it didn't mean that they weren't working hard behind the scenes. So as you guys can uh, you know did here tonight. That's not the case. Uh, it looks to be a w- timeline is seems to be uh, quickly heading up to that uh, kickoff date in 2024. I uh, want to thank you guys for joining us for the episode. Uh, again, we will be back with the commissioner in a uh, probably a, a couple of weeks, you know, give or take, maybe take a month or something like that. But we will have him back on. Uh, we're talking about bringing on another one of the executives for the league itself. As a reminder, you can head over to arenafan.com and check out our message boards and all the history that we currently have available on the Arena Football League. If you're looking for any of the historical archives for any of the AFL Rewind podcasts or even of the AFL Tonight podcasts, make sure you check out any of the uh, current podcast hosting sites and those will be available there. When it comes to social media on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and SoundCloud, just look for Arena Fan. And when it comes to YouTube, check out www.youtube.com slash Arena Fan online. Want to reach out to me directly, ask some questions about what the, uh, com- what you, what the commissioner may have had to say, or if you have any questions for the next time that we do speak with him or one of the executives, you can email me at tim.capper at arenafan.com. So for everybody here at AFL Rewind, I'm Tim Capper. Watch the rebound off the net.